Hey, welcome to another week, folks. It's the Live Life Aggressively Show. Mike Mahler, Sincere Hogan. Another week, man, reeling off of that last show that we just did with Charles Poliquin. Uh, man, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, really? that was incredible. Charles is a great guy, and like we were saying after the show, he kind of has this reputation of being arrogant or rude and so forth, and I didn't find that at all. I thought he was, I thought he was very generous with information on the call. I and funny was, as hell. Funny yeah, exactly. As all he was very <laughs> funny. He was willing to talk about mistakes he's made. Exactly. Like, really? Like, he didn't push back on, on any of the questions we asked. So, I mean, I thought that was a great interview. In fact, actually, we're talking about some of our favorite shows that we've done since we started this whole thing last year, and that's up there with one of my yeah, favorite shows. I mean, in terms yeah. of fitness experts, I think that was my favorite one because there was so much cool information, and then it was cool that he was so relaxed and free exactly. with the information as well. Definitely, man. And, uh, it's just so funny because I, I always, when I was listening to Charles talk, you know, because I know um, I know Charles was from Canada, so it, it was to me. It was almost like if GSP had a better sense of humor, this would be him right now. You know, because <laughs> you, you know Charles would say certain words with the French Canadian accent, so it remind me of GSP. But certain times I kept hearing GSP in the in the Nas commercial, like buy it with your money. <laughs> <laughs> I just this guy, kept hearing, he really crossed the line. <laughs> <laughs> I think about them in the shower. I think when I. Think about them in the <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I think about it when I'm on the toilet. I think about it when I'm in the shower. It's like, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> now, what we're talking about is GSP in reference to Johnny Hendricks when they were preparing right. for that fight for people right, who are not right. fight fans. So they don't think we're thinking like, wait a minute, Charles Pollock was thinking about a guy in the shower? No, dingbat. We're talking about, <laughs> talking about GSP. <laughs> so get it straight. We don't, want, we don't want you guys blasting out Twitter wars that didn't even exist out there. So, right, right. <laughs> so we're talking about GSP. So, but yeah, it was just funny, man. Especially just the comments about Steven Seagal and uh, and then the virgin <laughs> sex therapist, <Yeah. laughs> and, and then also the other guy that um, the one client that he had that didn't want to eat tilapia or anything like that because it, it reminds us so much of what we go through with clients. Well, I'll, you know, I think you should eat this. I don't like this. Have you ever had it? No. <laughs> so how, how the hell you know you don't like it? I mean, just so funny. It's like I don't like water. What do you I mean, think it's like kind of refreshing to hear that even someone as high level as Charles still deals with that kind of stuff. Exactly. It's not going anywhere. No matter yeah. who you are, that client is always, I don't care if that client is like making, let's just say five figures a year, or they're a high level athlete that's got a multi-million dollar contract. There's a, still that common denominator of compliance and non-compliance. It doesn't, right. It's an equal opportunity employer when it comes to that. Okay. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite shows, man. Um, another one of my favorites, a recent, you know, as we kind of just dial and go back from, from where we are now, another one of my favorites was um, with Tim Larkin as well because pretty much always been into the self-protection. And when you start mixing with more martial arts that goes more in line with that, I think Tim is probably the go-to guy to talk about that. That was like one of my favorite shows, especially as a father who has a daughter really getting that information from Tim and, you know, look, really looking forward to attending one of his seminars in the future. But yeah, that was one of my favorites. What about you, man? I, I have five episodes. I really liked from my, actually four episodes. I really liked from last year. I know two one we can was, agree on. One I'm sure we're going to agree on this one is, was James Pond. Yeah. He was on July 12th, 2013. If you look it up on iTunes or Stitcher, that, that was one of those episodes where it, it really hit me that we're really onto something big right now. That was, right. that was like a CNN special or you know, like a 60 right. Minutes episode where we're listening to James talk going, wow, this is some powerful stuff. And for those of you who don't know who James is, he works with helping victims of human trafficking. And he quit a job in the corporate world, and he and his family moved to Cambodia to just immerse themselves in this cause. And they've done a lot of great work. And that, that was one of those episodes where I realized that we can be so much more than just a disseminator of fitness information exactly. where we can really bring up these thought provoking ideas and helps a guy like that really get his message out to people that no doubt will be concerned with that issue, but may not be that familiar with it or just are not thinking about it. And then all of a sudden they're coming to our show and they're expecting some fitness information. And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, this is interesting. And then they're pleasantly surprised. And then when you can't help but listen to an episode like that and be compelled to want to do something about it. Right. And for everybody that's out there searching for it, that is episode 10. That was the first time we spoke with James. In fact, right. James was our only repeat guest for 2013. We brought him back on again a few months later to give an update on what was going on with his organization. And pretty much they were now also focusing on helping victims of sex trafficking right here in our own backyard, right here in the United States. 
So they were taking it to the next level. So even an organization such as their own, they're ever evolving with their message. And that's something that we talk about a lot here on this show is to always be evolving and not just sit on your laurels and think like, okay, I've made it. This is, this is good enough right here. So uh, as I said a couple of shows ago, one of my favorite quotes is, show me a satisfied man and I'll show you a failure. So the thing is, you know, one thing about that particular arena in which James and Athena, his wife, are involved in, that's not going anywhere anytime soon, okay? Because it's been going on for a very long time. So, and right now, it's just them and their organization. There are a few other organizations out there doing it as well. But the thing is, the numbers are skewed. It's far more people victimizing these young ladies than those who are rescuing these young ladies and helping right. them get their lives back together. So that is the reason why we bring folks like James on to this show. So therefore, with all of our listeners and then all of your friends that you can talk to about this and share this, share this show with, and share that episode with, then we start building an army to stop this madness out there. And then guess what? The strength is in numbers, and that's how we win. Yeah, yeah it's man. good to be aware of one of those things. You know, so now when you're out there in your everyday life, you may be more cognizant of yeah. stuff that looks suspicious. And instead of maybe it would be something you ignored previously just because you didn't think about it, now you're going, huh, something's wrong with this picture. Let me go report this. Let me have someone look into this further. Maybe I'll look into it further. You know, whatever, whatever it is. You can learn more about James at transitionsglobal.org. Mm-hmm. And we're both sincere and I are sponsors of his organization. We, we both went over there and, and picked different victims to help out and also make general donations to help his causes. But there's a lot of really good information for how you can get involved with this. And, yeah, James is just a stand-up guy. So that, that was a very inspiring show because we always hear about all these terrible things in the world. But you don't really hear about people that decided to actually do something on such a high level about right. it. Right, exactly. So that was very interesting. And that's very why, I, I, yeah, I was, I was speechless at times. I mean, it was actually a good episode for me to listen to several times because that was also early in our podcast series. Right. And I realized, man, you talk way too much, Mike. Just ask the damn question. Like I would, have, <laughs> I would ask him a question, and then I would go on and on and on for five minutes before I even asked the question. It's like you don't have to tell him everything about your life story and then finally get to the question. Just ask the question right. <laughs> and then shut up. You know? again, so again, that's how – back to the topic of evolving. You know, I, look, okay. I listen to some of those early episodes, and that, not to say that where we are right now is perfect. I was just in Vegas at a conference, and we'll talk about that later, but I talked to a lot of high-level podcasters out there who have large followers. I'm talking six figures as far as followers and downloads per day right. and per right. week. But a lot of them say the exact same thing. They go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes, and they're just like, God, I cringe. And, or some of them are just like, there are some episodes that no one's ever heard. Like, they've had the first episode that no one's heard. So, <laughs> theoretically, episode number one of a certain few out there of their shows, that is not episode one. It's probably episode number three or four, because there are like one or two or three that they just totally trash. Like, this is garbage. I cannot release this, especially with the guests that they had on there. So I think one of the beauties is that we started out with ourselves first to kind of, and to get the momentum going, instead of having a big high-level guest right off the bat. And I'll just right. say that. If you're someone right. out there listening and you have dreams or thoughts of having a podcast of your own, think about that, man. There's, here's a little nugget you can take. If you're going to start off, don't start off with a big guest. You know, go ahead and get it right, man. Start getting it going, get the momentum going, get comfortable behind this microphone, and then start thinking about moving up as far as the level of guests that you bring on the show. Don't just come out right. the gate like, you know what? Speaking of which, like, I'm going to start off my first show if it's a business show. I'm going to start off with Bill Gates. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> because first of all, I've seen Bill Gates speak. First of all, you're going to be really pulling teeth. He's an introvert. He, he can be a little shy when he talks, so... If he's not really just being open because he doesn't know who you are, first of all, and you're someone who's just trying to learn how to speak on the mic and ask the right questions, that is going to be the world's worst podcast ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like basically you have two mute people trying to talk to each other. (laughs) So even the sign language is going to be off. You're going to look like that interpreter from the Mandela funeral, man. That one time, like, dude, what are you saying? So, yeah, man. So really think about that if you're thinking about doing a podcast. Don't come out of the gates with the big, with the big bomb. Trust me, every war was won with little battles. No one just dropped the bomb on the first day when he decided to get pissed off at somebody. So just think about that. So, yeah, another, the good news is most likely you're, you're not going to be able to get any high-level guests anyway coming out of the gate. You know? Exactly, unless you know that. Establish a couple episodes so that at least when people look into your show, they can see that they're not the first guest that you have to come on. <laughs> exactly. The best way to make that happen, start off with yourself. And if you have a co-host, you two do it together. 
or do it with your friends, which takes me to another episode that's one of my favorites. It's when we had episode number four with Ken Blackburn talking about right. all right. the mistakes we've made with all the crappy supplements in the past and even the good yeah, supplements that, that we've had in the past and we still use to this day. That, and I think that was another one of a lot of our listeners' favorite episodes as well because they could relate to that. There's so many products that people have been trying for years and like, yeah, I remember that crap, man. I remember hot stuff. You Ken guys talking about the hot cybergenics. That was oh. Ken like, man, I just felt if I could just get some cybergenics, I would be <laughs> on <laughs> I would be on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, or you and Ken talking about the hot stuff farts and all that. <laughs> yeah, that, that hot stuff stuff was brutal. I'm convinced <laughs> that there was some kind of steroid in the early batches of hot stuff because all of us that took it, I mean, we all got stronger within weeks. Like, every workout was off the chain <laughs> for five weeks, and then we ran out and bought another batch and never got the same results ever again. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. man. Yeah, that was another one. What's another one for you, man? Before I grow uh, Robert Greene, New York Times oh, best-selling yeah. author. Robert Greene, author of Mastery, 48 Laws of Power, Art of Seduction. That, that was an interesting one because I had just finished plowing through a bunch of his books. It was fresh in my mind. And I, it really resonated with me. I thought his books were outstanding. So we, we managed to get him on the show, which was badass. And then when he came on, it was, he was a hard read initially. It sounded like he didn't really want to be on the show, like before we started recording. I was like, this guy sounds like my dad. <laughs> I was like, is my dad calling to the show? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then it was once we got him going, it, it, it ended up being really cool. And right. I was like, this, this is great information. This guy's really cool. It, it, that, that was just one of those episodes also that I felt was kind of a turning point episode where we're going, man, we're starting to get some really big guests so right. early in the game. So that, that, was, that was a high motivation for me. Yeah. I think it was a big motivational show for both of us because we realized if we can get him, you know, who, we can, there's a lot of other people we can get too. Exactly. And for those looking for that show, that is episode number 15. That is episode It's just funny that, to have to say that in episode 15, it seemed like it was so long ago. Even though you can't look at the call right now, I believe this episode would be um, episode 44 right, right here that we're speaking on right now. So it's just crazy to see that. And, and I actually think that um, right around that time, I believe that was July. So I think at that time is when you were traveling a lot. And I just remember you yeah. just hitting me up like, dude, we got to get him on the show. I'm reading this book. I'm reading this book from him. So and it was funny because at the time I was listening to Mastery on, you know, I downloaded it from Audible just as you had brought that up. I was just probably about a quarter or about halfway between, you know, in that book. Right. And I was like, wow, that is a coincidence right there. I'm actually reading mastery. And you're like, no, you check out the 40 laws of power. I have the 50th law, you know, in Q already. So I'm like, geez, Mike, you're killing me. I'm not going to be able to read all this stuff <laughs> by the time we get him on the show, or I'm not going to be able to listen to all these, all these books by the time he gets on the show. But you know what? By the time we spoke to him, it really made me want to go and check out those other books as well. And I, it's funny what Charles Pollock was saying last week. I'm that dude as well. I'm someone that's usually reading about five, six books at a time. And right. that's just who I am. It's just, I'm, for me, I just have ADD. You know, by the time I'm sitting there just reading one book from cover to cover, I've never really been that person. I'm also right. that person that starts, I'm usually starting from the back of the book and working my way forward. And I know that sounds weird, but I usually start off like those last couple of chapters. And I know people say, well, dude, that's going to end up spoiling the book. And I'm like, no, because it's not so much about the ending for me. It's the buildup that really gets me going with books. So I could, you know, the ending is lackluster. It's kind of like a lot of things that we do with our business. It's the whole journey itself, or even with a program. It's the journey itself. But when you make it to the goal, it's just like, hmm, okay, well, what's next? You know, what can I do next? And so I see the same thing when I'm reading a book. So I, I can honestly say that once we spoke with Robert Greene, I was like, okay, now I need to go and read The 50th Law. And it was really cool listen to that, especially with my son, and he could relate a little bit because he's hearing 50 Cent on the audiobook. So that caught his attention, and he's also yeah. at school, he's studying marketing, so it kind of brought these two worlds together. I mean, he loves hip-hop, and then, you know, he's really into marketing, so it really started bringing things together. Like, one of his, one of his influences, somebody he looks up to big time is Damon John, who was the creator of FUBU, and he's also on Shark Tank. It's like one of my son's favorites. So it just really brought that world, those two worlds together. And he's thinking like, well, wait a minute, Dad, who's this dude talking with 50? I'm like, okay, it's Robert <laughs> Greene. So you know, I've always told him to kind of look beyond the things that you're comfortable with in order to build a better business, which we say a lot. We say that a lot as far as um, fitness professionals as well. Look beyond the fitness world if you really want to build your business. Start looking at other things and get in, find influences there. And it will really help you put your marketing together far better than a lot of the folks who are just 
well, I'm in fitness, so I'm just going to look at all the fitness people, see what they're doing. And that's the reason why so many people end up looking and sounding and writing and, and putting out products just like the next person. You can't tell who from who. I think, I think it's important to always learn right. as much as you can outside of the industry because you'll be surprised what you can introduce to the industry and that can become part of your business model. That, that's happened to me many times. It happened to me right. with hormone optimization info where a lot of the research I looked at was for people outside of our industry. Right. And then when I, when I started talking about it casually with people in our industry, people were very hungry for it. And now it's become one of my biggest selling points, if not my biggest selling point. So you, so you never know what you'll find outside of the industry. You may find some great marketing information in some other context that no one in our industry is doing. And then you can be the person to introduce that to our industry, and it can be part of your business model. Exactly. And then, like Mike mentioned a couple of shows ago, you're taking that chance, and you're, you're being first. You're taking a chance on being the first to right. bring that to an industry. Right. And you're taking that risk, and guess what? That's where the excitement is right there. That's where the juice is that we always talk about, being the first. And you don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's, it's like a wild, dark place. <laughs> you know, it's like going deep, and you don't know what's going to happen down there in those dark <laughs> waters. And, you know, you just have to take kinda, that chance. Kind of like the fun. Rio Casino at 1 in the morning, right? <laughs> oh, my God. And we'll talk about <laughs> we'll, that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> That's oh, a very man. dark, murky place for sure. <laughs> yes, it is. Very dark and murky and smoky. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, yeah, definitely Robert Green, And also another great episode for me was Daniel Coyle. Daniel yeah, Coyle, man. That's another one. That's so, so, you know, I was already reading his book as well. And Daniel's show was actually for people that want to find out where that one is. That was episode 22. That was episode 22. And he's the author of the talent code and excellent book. And what was really cool about Daniel right off the bat, this dude was very personable. He really got into the show really? itself. And just the questions that we were asking him was, he, I think he found us just as fascinating as we found him. So it was kind of like us. It was like a real, I don't know, man, how to put it. It was, it's like almost we're, we're getting there now. I think we really made it because now you have someone of this caliber. This is a New York Times bestselling author who's really getting what we're trying to do here on this show. And, he, and he's really fascinated by what we're doing. And I think that's when it really clicked for me. That I'm like, okay, yeah. Well, Robert Green is like, boom, scored our first really big guest. But with right. Daniel, it's like, now I think we're becoming a little bit legitimate here. I think we're on to <laughs> something, man. Yeah, you know. So that was, that, was, that was a good episode for me. I really liked that. That's another one I like to go back and listen to again. And whenever I mention Robert Green or Daniel Coyle, some of the top guests that we've had on this show, to anyone, especially this past weekend when I was at the New Media Expo, just mention them, even from some of these podcasters who are like freaking millionaires. I mean, there were some guests that we've had that – a couple of podcasters were trying to score on their show and they had no contact with them and felt really good to kind of put them in contact, you know, with some of the gatekeepers for some of these folks and hopefully it'll help them get on their shows as well. It's just really networking and whatnot. But, you know, just telling them that we had these folks on our show really raised their eyebrows. They're like, really? And how many episodes have you guys done? I'm like, well, by the time I get back home, we will be on episode 42. And that was the one we just did. Um, actually 43. And it was funny because I had to go edit that one while I was at the expo. And it was just amazing how podcasters, they were asking, you going to the keynote? I said, no, I need to go upstairs and edit the podcast and upload it. What? Wow, that's dedication. I'm like, isn't that why we're here? <laughs> I'm like, seriously. You know, I can watch the keynote anytime. I got the virtual, you know, package where they're going to end up sending all the recordings and from all the panels. I'll watch that later. Right now, it's important for me to make sure that we get this show out every Monday and every Thursday. So that's far more important to me than to go listen to some keynote speaker that I can listen to later on. So right. I know you yeah, say Talent Code is a great book, and I like what Daniel said about how comfort is a narcotic. That really stuck with my mind, how <laughs> right. when you get into a comfort zone, it really is a narcotic. It makes it very difficult for you to become successful, and sometimes moderate success can actually impede you from serious success because you get comfortable with that moderate success and now you just pull the reins in and you're no longer out there tearing it up. Exactly. So that, that was a very interesting thing. And that, that's happened to me in different stages of my career where I've had a certain level of success and you're going, oh, I'm going to kick back now. And then that kickback's become a week, a week turns into three months and you haven't done anything. You're going, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you start being a slob. You're watching more TV than you have in the last five years. <laughs> you know, and, then, and then finally you get out of that. So now I'm very cognizant of being aware of that kind of thing and, and purposely taking risks every year 
Right. Because that, that makes it impossible to be comfortable. If I put a lot of money into a certain project, I'm not going to just sit around and hope it works out. I mean, now you're going right. to make sure that it works out. Yeah, you know, I actually like going back to Charles Poliquin again. He dropped so many gems in that show. You know, one of the yeah. things he was talking about, each year he likes to train in a new sport. One thing about that, that keeps you going, man. It keeps you motivated, keeps you moving, keeps you thinking, keeps your brain fresh because it's something new. You're learning a new skill, and if you stick with it long enough, you're trying to master that skill before you move on to something else. Again, it's giving you, a, giving you some purpose, man, and puts you in that aspect of feeling alive instead of just going through the same old rut. And when you're doing the same thing over and over every day, man, it's like a slow death. Right. So if there's no excitement being added to that, no one's going to just go out and be a thrill junkie and start jumping off bridges in South Africa and <laughs> you know, bungee <laughs> jumping and, you know, or, or climbing up. the like, I just posted this video of this one kid. I think he's from Croatia or something like that. Forgot his name. But this dude is just hanging off of like this building and there's a scaffold and all this other stuff. But it, he's it's very uncomfortable to watch. If you ever had issues trying to tighten up, in a certain in a certain body cavity <laughs> watch that video watch that video and watch how the entire time you're watching you're clenching in other places in your body while you're watching it it's very uncomfortable to watch but again this kid is a thrill junkie it's a thrill junkie and just he's probably about 50 60 stories ab- above the street and he's just hanging on the scaffold and just like hanging out on that thing or on a crane he's walking across the crane like a tightrope Look, dude, I'm not trying to tell you guys, if you, to get excitement, don't do something like that. You know, that's, that's a death wish waiting to happen. There's other forms of excitement out there. I'm not saying just go be just a complete idiot and just try to find some excitement just so you can feel alive by trying not to die when you're trying to die. If that makes any sense. <laughs> so there's just far better ways of doing that. So, again, I like what Charles said about just reading for an hour. Just go to another place. Let somebody else take you somewhere else. Read for an hour and learn about some things, man. They're just right. When you want to start talking about just kind of putting some rituals in place, it's amazing what if you take the time out to actually read or even listen to an audio book for an hour a day. A, it'll get you away from your freaking computer, get you off social media, get you away from your television, it gets you away from the refrigerator, it gets you away from masturbating all day long in the bathroom. Yeah, I know some <laughs> of you out there. Yes, I'm talking about you. And you'll probably give us a bad review because I called you out. It's okay. Let's let's <laughs> not throw let's not throw Ken under the bus with that one. <laughs> hey, I mean, oops. Hey, <laughs> Whoop. How'd they know? Are there cameras in here? <laughs> now, now, now you know what he means when he spends, says he spends a lot of time on the jerk. You guys thought it was the kettlebell move. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, that's one thing. Start implementing it. Try that out. Do baby steps. If you're someone that doesn't like to read books, which I, I sat next to a dude on the plane on the way to Vegas last week, and I'm listening to um, Audible, and he's looking at my phone. He's like, he was just like, man, he's like, what's that? I'm like, uh, I'm listening to an audio book. Audio what? <laughs> I'm like, where are you from? And where have you been for the last 20 years? Did you just get out of jail? <laughs> you, know, you know, he goes, audio book. I'm like, yeah, you know, because a lot of times I don't want to have to just pack a bunch of books in my carry-on or anything like that. So I said, but I still love books. He goes, nah, man, I don't like books, but I like that. I'm going to check that out. What do I go and download that? So, of course, I had to just go ahead and give him the plug. I'm like, just go to newwarriorbooks.com. <laughs> so, <laughs> <There> you, <go. laughs> yeah. you know, so I say you can get one. You can start off with one for free right there and just see how you like it and go from there. Dude. He's like, so I can listen to it on my phone? I'm like, look at me right now. What am I doing here? This is a phone. These are headphones. This is an audiobook. Yes, you can listen to it on the phone, but You're like, yeah, you gotta you're like you have to pull your head out of your ass. Yeah. You now if it sounds like your stomach's rumbling, that means your head's up your butt a little too deep. Come out for air. I think that's gonna be my next book, man. How to get your head out of your ass, right there. Head out of ass one oh one. I like that I like that line in Revolution where where there's that, that one bald guy is talking to Monroe, and yeah. he's like, uh, how come you didn't bring me this information before? I think Raymond was his name. He's talking to Monroe. Yeah, how, how, how come you didn't bring me this information before? He's like, well, I couldn't tell if you had it together or you were too busy with your head up your own ass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love that show. I love that no, show. That's a good show, man. you got to be into it. That's a really good <laughs> show. I, I, I think I watched the whole season on Netflix, first season in the last two weeks. So I mean, it, It's a really good show. Yeah, man, I'm sitting there watching um, this week's episode, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, damn, I need Mike to catch up. So I, I, It's like when we were watching Spartacus, so at least we could talk about Spartacus. Right, right, right. But now I'm sitting here like, damn, Mike, catch up so I can talk about what just happened here. It's killing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, some really interesting topics and very heavy topics. I mean, it yeah. deals with 
I mean, the, we won't talk about it too much because a lot of listeners probably are, may not be familiar, but, and I don't want to give anything away to people who haven't seen the first season, but there, there's some very interesting episodes where characters are becoming like Stalin and they're making these moral choices that send them down a certain trajectory. And it's, it's very interesting to see how they deal with those decisions and the consequences of it. So I love shows like that. Yeah. I love shows that put people in difficult situations and how they have to deal with the, the decisions they have to make. Kind of reminds me of that chapter in your book, you know, you know, are we capable of being evil? Right, uh, right. You know, you, you can have the best intentions, be the coolest person out there, the nicest person out there. But when you're backed against the wall, and you have to make that decision, that life or death decision. And it just may be not the most moral choice. What do you do? And right. I think we face a lot of that on a daily basis. It's just different degrees of very unmoral choices. And yeah. we always, you know, we always face that. And you have to sit and think like, okay, what are you prepared to do? What are you going to do with this? Is he, are you going to go this way? Are you going to go that way? Don't ever say, I didn't have a choice. You always have a choice. No you doubt. always have a choice. So it's just, it makes you really think. And there's a lot of things that, that is going on in that show that's happening right now in front of us and also behind the scenes. Just where yeah. our, pretty much where our food supply is probably about to go. Where right. our, you know, where our political system is about to go, and just where our civil structure is probably about to go, and it's always good to watch things like this because you have to ask yourself, like, should I be in a situation like that? How would I handle it? How would I behave? What would I do in terms of myself, my family, my community, my country, and, and just humanity as a whole? All those different layers, because. Again, a lot of times I think we just kind of go through life not thinking about these type of things and just kind of coasting through, thinking that right. everything is going to be like it is now. Everything's yeah. so hunky-dory, and it's going to always be this way because it's always been this way. Well, no, it hasn't. Some things had to happen, positive and negatively, to get you where you are right now. Some blood had to be shed. Some sweat had to, be, had to drop, you know, drop. Some things just had to be done to get you to that comfortable life that you have right now. So it wasn't just always hunky-dory, and it's never going to always be hunky-dory like that. So you have yeah, to I don't think... I don't think people realize the amount of evil that we all contributed to, whether we realize it or not. I mean, for example, pretty much every smartphone has a chip that comes from mm -hmm. a part in Africa where it's slaves that are going out there and getting the raw materials to make those chips. Exactly. Or so in Asia. You, you know, yeah, exactly. So a lot of times we're making these purchasing decisions that are contributing to some pretty evil acts in the world without realizing it at all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, even the clothes you wear, you know, you look at it and you see made in China and then you get all upset like, oh, this is cheap. Yeah, but can we just talk about who put that together? Let's just talk about the eight, seven, you know, seven-year-olds that were in that sweatshop that, that did it, that put it together. Again, we voted with our dollars. Even when we go out to eat and we know that, we know that food is not local, we know it's not coming from a local farm, we know it's coming from right. a factory farm. Right. Again, right. we just voted with our dollars and voted for some mistreatment animals. And not saying that neither, either one of us are 100% you know, guiltless of this thing, oh, you know, of course not. Yeah. so again, it goes back to my Angelo, you know, thing is do what you can do now. And when you know better, do better. So yeah. and the yeah. thing is, it's doing everything every day to try to be a better mm -hmm. person. Of course, we're never going to get a hundred percent right. But as long as we're trying, as long as we're making an effort, no matter what, you know, whether it's donating to James's organization, Transitions Global, whether it's going out and adopting a pet and a rescue instead of just buying breeds, you know, whether it's any of those situations or, like I said, if you just, if you know, like a place like Kentucky Fried Chicken and you've seen the videos on YouTube or whatever, just constantly not going there to get your chicken and just avoiding right. them, you know, that's, that's taking a step in the right direction and actually knowing that's why you're doing that. So, again, just taking those steps every day just to be a better person. Then that's, I mean, that's all we can do. That's yeah, all we, all we can yeah. do is do our best. One of the four agreements, always do your best. I think if you stick with that rule, man, you'll get so much further and you'll feel so much better as a human being when you know you're doing your best. Ask yourself, is my best good enough? What can I do better? And yeah. that's, that's the thing. Always ask yourself, what can I do better? Because there's always something you can do better. And I think that'll keep you motivated, keep moving forward, because if you're thinking about what can I do better, you can't worry about what you've done already in the past, which you can't even change at that moment. So and I and think that, that kind of reminds me of the Poliquin episode again, which is still fresh in our minds because we just mm -hmm. did it a couple of days ago. But here, here's a guy who's been in our industry for a long time. <clears throat> it's safe to say that he could easily just ride off the knowledge he, that he had five years ago for the rest of his career right. easily. But he doesn't. He's always coming up with something. I interviewed him a couple of years ago and 
there wasn't any repetition between that interview and now. There wasn't anything where it was just redundant. It, it, was, a lot, it was like, were you, what do you, what's new that you're working on? And it was this whole new sphere of stuff that he's working on. Right. So I think that's why he's one of the best, if not the best, is that he's constantly trying to improve things. Right. All the time. And I, I think mean, that's why it, it keeps it exciting for him as well. Because, I mean, let, let's be honest. If, if I were still regurgitating the same information that I was putting out five years ago, it was exciting then. It would be lame now. It would be boring. <laughs> right, so, right. So many people in our industry have done that. It's like, how many videos do you have to make on the same exact topic? <laughs> you <Right>. know, <laughs> like your eighth, the eighth video where you're doing the same thing and just trying to say it a different way or putting a slight <laughs> nuance on it. It's like this, it's obvious. This is just to make money. Find something you're actually interested in and make money off of that. There you go. So yeah, man. So I know we kind of veered off. You know, some of my favorite shows, but that, that's what we do. But at least when we veer off, we make it make sense. <laughs> and we make it entertaining well, as hell. I think I, I really liked was the Roger Cross episode. And that's yeah. because I know we're both big fans of 24, and I'm a big fan of Roger's current show, Continuum. And it was cool to have an, an actor come on the show <clears throat> that was so personable, easy to talk to, cool guy. And he engaged us quite a bit, right? It wasn't us just asking him questions. Right. He would pick up topics and ask us what we thought about it. And that was just a fun, fun conversation, fun show. Yeah, it was good to have someone from Hollywood that wasn't acting all Hollywood. Right. <laughs> you know, right. It was, you know, he was a very authentic dude, man. And it's just like one of the dudes we were hanging out with in Vegas this past weekend. I'm pretty sure he could have just sat down next to us at the Cosmopolitan and pretty much developed a comedy skit like we were doing. I was just thinking like, <laughs> you know, this right here, if I were a comedian – I wouldn't have to sit there and worry about having writer's block or trying to come up with material. I would just grab a drink, sit down in the lounge <laughs> at the Cosmopolitan, and I would sit there either with a voice recorder or I would just have my little pad and be like, let's see, pulling the skirt shirt down from the front, bad idea. <laughs> or or, or, or sat deep trying to pick up girls at the bar. Hey, baby, come back to my room. I'll show you my motherboard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about that. Okay, so we're at the we're at the we're at the lounge um, down on uh, the first floor of the Cosmopolitan, and we're just sitting there watching all the riffraff happen between corporate creepy guys trying to hit on every probably eighteen or nineteen year old girl with a skirt shirt. This is about one in the morning. So yes, just a exactly. context. I mean, this is one in the morning where the fun really starts. <laughs> exactly, and so we're watching all these creepy old dudes trying to get young girls to go back to their rooms with them. And but the thing is, the creepy old dudes all band together. So you have three dudes talking at the same time to one young girl. Um, <laughs> that's a big cup of ew right there. Like, yeah, well, that's, not slight, that's not slightly creepy at all. I'm, I'm, I'm sure she found that very complimentary. <laughs> and then you had this one South Asian guy. I don't know if he's Pakistani or Indian, so I'm not going to just assume. But I can say this. He looked like he was fresh from tech support. He's sitting there with his nice, <laughs> where's Waldo, red and white striped shirt. You know, <laughs> you know the stonewashed jeans and probably, some, I think, some boat shoes. And he's talking to, of all things, one of my women, to my sister, a sister, as they say. <laughs> so, I mean, he is putting down his game. He is just talking his ass off for about, oh, about an hour and a half. And she's just looking at him about an hour and a half, probably wishing he'd go away. And we're thinking, like, dude, how much conversation do you have to have? So then for a moment there, he disappears. And so we think, like, okay, he gave up. So he comes back, and Mike goes, no, he went to the ATM. <laughs> like, he had to go get some cash. So then by the time he gets back, not only is it just the same chick there that he was trying to talk to before, now two of her girlfriends have come over, and, and now he is trying to hit on each one, one by one. And so we're thinking, like, okay, this is going to be very interesting. This is like the highlight of our night. We saw some pretty good stuff out there that was going through the hallways. We've seen and a lot. Then of, the, and then in the middle of all of that, Shaq walks by. That was Yeah, Shaq, yeah that was, it was funny because, you know, Shaq walked by, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, I said, that's a big black dude right there. Because <laughs> <laughs> first of all, he, you know, we know Shaq is dark, he's dark skinned, but he was wearing all black. So I was like, that was a whole lot of black man walking by. I thought by it was like a bouncer or something. Yeah, like. I did too. I was thinking it was like a bodyguard for someone. And then our waitress <laughs> comes over. She goes, did you guys see Shaq? <laughs> I'm like, you couldn't miss it. All that darkness going by me in the middle of the I, night. I've had right more there. celebrity sightings in the last four weeks than the last eight years. <laughs> I, of being I know. Yeah, you know, yeah, Robin Thicke last week. I was laughing when you were saying because 
you're like, man, that would have been great if, if you were in the steam room and Robin Thicke walks in and you're like, hey, 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 hey. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm coming out and then I, I'm like looking at my hey, phone hey, and then hey. I, I hear him talking to someone. I'm like, oh, that boy sounds familiar. And I turn around and I see the back of Robin Thicke's head walking in. And I go, man, that's Robin Thicke. <laughs> <laughs> or a snake at the Four Seasons. That was hilarious, man. He came, yeah. came out with the Terminator jacket on. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was that was hilarious. Did you guys see Shaq? Like, uh, couldn't miss him. He, it got yeah. pretty, it got yeah. it, it got pretty dark sitting here where I am right now because he's towering over us as he's walking by. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, that was that was pretty hilarious. But like I said, you got as Mike called him Sanjeep over here, you know, talking to <laughs> Laquisha, and it's just it was just really it was just fun to watch, man. And now like I, I truly get it. I'd like to show you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like going back to his room, you know, like singing Tupac verses. You know, <laughs> Indian accent. Only Mike can do that. Only Mike can do that. That is like the ongoing joke, inside joke. It's just Mike doing Tupac with an Indian accent. Yeah, this is the kind of thing I come up with, folks, when I'm sitting around in my free time. I go, huh, I wonder what it would sound like, a thick Indian accent singing Tupac's classics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about Metallica Sanitarium in a thick Indian accent? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're, no, we're imagining this guy that's at the lounge talking to these girls. I said, can you just imagine him trying to make it rain with rupees? I'm just like, it's just like cracking us up. Hey, <laughs> 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 make it rain. It's just like, seriously, man. So it was fun, man. So now it's funny. All the times I've been to Vegas, I just really never just honed in and just paid attention to all this madness. But right. just talking to Mike, and when Mike brings it up on the show, and he's talking about the skirt shirts. Now I finally saw it. I, I mean, everywhere I looked, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then the, the one girl that's about six foot two <laughs> without heels, and she's wearing heels. And, I mean, and then she's walking with her girlfriends, and she's steady pulling the front of her skirt shirt down. I'm like, you and know what, girl? move without pulling it down from one direction or another. And exactly. So keep doing that. It's probably a little bit too short. Yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and say you should have not put that on. So it's like it's constant. Every step is a a hoo-hot alert. It's like, like, it's peekaboo. Well, Pikachu, uh, peekaboo, Pikachu. That's all you kept saying. Forget about skirt shirts. The skirts are now above the waist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and say that is a, that's a halter. Okay. (laughs) Keyword, keyword halt. A lot of the women, I mean, let's be honest, there are a lot of really good looking women that night walking around and and, and quite a few of them look good, but but a lot of them look like they, there's, I don't know what it is about Vegas. I think a, a lot of women come to Vegas and they feel like they need to be a Playboy model. Right. You're going out and you, know, you don't have to wear – it doesn't have to be that revealing. You wear a nice form-fitting dress, that's going to look great. And awesome. you're, going to get, you're going to get as many looks, if not more, than you will with the skirt shirt. Like, <laughs> like, like Mike and I said, like – Please, thank you for leaving a little bit to my imagination. I think I only saw one girl there that left something to me. I was like, okay, she was a very beautiful girl. And just the way she, she carried she herself. Out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just the way That's she carried herself. She wasn't walking by the bar looking for anyone. She wasn't, like, staggering from being too drunk or having to have her girlfriends carry her or anything like that. It's just like, oh, wow, there goes a lady. <laughs> you know, seriously. Was that one girl with the skin tight tights that looked like the same skin tone as it looked like her skin tone we yeah. both that. and for like a split second i was like oh my god that girl's not wearing any pants and i was like oh okay, that's that was hilarious i'm like she's she's kind of rocking that winnie the pooh look right there man. <laughs> you know seriously dude and but one thing i did see there that was hilarious it wasn't even about you know women who weren't wearing enough or creepy old dudes trying to get young girls the funniest thing i saw there was the all the corporate team building situations that were happening around the bar. <laughs> Mike and I are sitting there and we're talking and all of a sudden we see a herd, and I do mean herd, of people probably about 20, 30 deep, you know, guys and women. And right in front of them is a dude leading them like carrying like a light. And they're just walking and marching as if doing some type of like ritual from like the 1600s or something like that. I'm like, what? Mike, what in the blue hell is that? And then when we start seeing all the dudes in the suits, but then you had a couple of girls that didn't seem like they were, you know, dressed for a corporate team building event. So we were kind of confused. Okay, I don't know. Maybe it's a, a, a bachelorette party or a bachelor party or something like that. But then you start seeing it. It started happening again and again. So about four or five times, it was four or five different groups of people, but it was the same thing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, this is some stupid corporate team building event. And they're making these people march around the lounge of the Cosmopolitan, the one place where if you really want to look uncool, 
do this and walk in front of these people though. So you're doing that. And I'm like, I said, these are, this is one of the very reasons why I am not in corporate America because there some executive thinks that by doing this, it's going to bring your team closer together. Uh, no. So my, what's going to bring your team closer together is the fact that they're in Vegas and in most of these situations where they have these team building trips where they go to Vegas or they go to a conference, there are some things going on that happens in Vegas that they're not going to go back home and talk about. They're going to get close <laughs> without you, buddy. You know, you don't do stupid <laughs> events like this. You don't have to do stupid things like this. They're coming together, literally. Okay? No, <laughs> <laughs> no but I always say, and I've mentioned it on the show, show before, the best entertainment in Las Vegas is not any of the shows. It's stuff yeah. like this, where you grab a, go find a comfortable spot, and the Cosmopolitan is an immaculate hotel. It's a very nice hotel. There's a bunch of lounges that with comfortable couches and so forth, where you could go with some friends, you can go with your wife or girlfriend, grab a drink or two, and then just watch what happens. Enjoy and the it's, show. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be entertaining. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Especially that time of night. <laughs> so right around 12, 30, 1 o'clock, it's going to be great. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy. And then, <laughs> and then again, ask yourself the hard questions like, do I do, I do this? <laughs> do, do I act this way? And it's not about judgment. It's about checking yourself like, okay, now that you're probably sober and you're watching this, then it's very sobering at the same time. You think like, you know what? I don't want to be like this. And right. at the same time, it makes you feel kind of bad because I'm seeing some of these girls that are so drunk. And some of these girls are by themselves. And then I'm worried because I'm just thinking like, this is not the right city to be in where you're yeah. that inebriated and you're alone. So it just makes, it puts a lot in perspective. Like, come on, you, let's just think this out. And if you have friends and they're not with you while you're like this, they're not your friends. They should be like looking out for you. So I will, I will give it up to the few groups of girls that we did see where they were pretty much with one of their girlfriends way too drunk. And at least they were carrying them out. Oh, no <laughs> you know, it actually, I give more props to some of the gay guys that were there with some of the females because you kind of see them being very upset because they probably couldn't drink because they know that their girlfriend, that, that, as in their friend that's a girl, is <laughs> probably the one that gets drunk all the time. So this guy probably can't even enjoy himself or have a drink himself because he has to be the designated, you know, I can't rescuer. I can't even say driver, just rescuer and designated rape blocker. <laughs> so you can kind of see these guys are upset. Like, I can't even have a good time because every time we go out, she's getting pissy drunk and I have to watch out for her. That's another thing. Be considerate of your friends as well. Don't go out and just be the person that gets sloppy drug, and that has to be babysitting. <laughs> you know, be be and considerate. Then, <laughs> and then, no doubt. And then when you thought the night couldn't get any better, we go oh. out to the ballet, and, and Sincere gets flashed. <laughs> I, guess, I, I got Sharon Stone <laughs> by someone that was far from being Sharon Stone. <laughs> and, and, and trust me, it was on purpose. It wasn't an accident. As soon as we came down the escalator, and she looked up, Mike was in front of me, so I could see her just kind of rubber leg a little bit. And then once Mike moved from in front of me to go <laughs> to get the valet, boom, there it was, full frontal. <laughs> hey, take a look at this. I'm just like, really? Did you just have to do that? I'm like, Mike, I just got Sharon Stone, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, okay, it's time to go back. I have to go back to my room now. I've, I've had enough. I can't take anymore. I need to get back to Houston. <laughs> Seriously, man. But yeah, I had, overall, though, I had a great time, man. Mike, Mike was a very good, very gracious host. You know, so he, he had to rescue me from my hotel because I was at the Rio, not on purpose, <laughs> not, not by choice. It was just the fact that, you know, I had a choice. But the thing is, the conference that I was attending was at the Rio. So it just made more right. sense. Since the Rio is off the strip, it just makes more sense to go ahead and just stay there. Now, had it been at another hotel on the strip, then I could go to the couple of hotels that I love to stay at when I'm in Vegas, such as the Aria, one of my favorite hotels. Right. So, and, but, you know, I just had to do it. And when I tell you that we had, we had some more entertainment at the Rio Hotel as well. So the first night, Mike is hanging out with me. We're just sitting there in the lounge talking. And all of a sudden, I'm, Mike's like looking away. I'm like, what is he looking at? So Mike's looking at, he's looking at probably, in my opinion, some people that are not, a couple of women that were not that attractive in my eyes. That was my opinion. So I'm thinking like, what the hell is he looking at? <laughs> and why is he looking at her? So then Mike just starts laughing and shaking his head. I'm like, what's up? He goes, oh, man, the escorts are in here tough tonight. I mean, they are like all over the place. He's like, I'm just oh, surprised yeah, they're just that, bold. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're being this bold. And security, I can give this to the Rio. Their security is top notch because as soon as they spot them, they're putting them out. They're kicking them out. They're not letting them just sit there and recruit and go search for a mark or anything like that. And so they're kicking them out constantly, but they're so obvious. I'm like, how did you think you could get into this hotel and no one would not think that you were an escort? Right. So, you know, and that's the difference. They're the skirt shirt girls 
and then there are the escorts. There is a big difference. It's funny. You were thinking Vegas is hard to differentiate the two. Oh, you can tell. You can yeah, tell you who can. the you can tell who the <laughs> professionals are. <laughs> it's a certain thing. So, and we Usually just it's a little bit too much makeup. It's you know a woman walking around by herself at one thirty in the morning, going just going up to each guy she sees, asking yeah, them something. The, the <laughs> <machines>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's just the quality of guy they go to, like, oh, whoa, really? <laughs> okay, so they was constantly yeah, getting kicked was, out. Some of it was depressing. You start feeling sorry, like, oh, man, that's a rough way to make them look. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, when we were having dinner that night, and then the one girl was walking with the, oh, my gosh, this dude, like, he just. Guy looked like it, a Unabomber. Yeah, he looked like he just got out of his black van, you know, with free candy, with the free candy sign on the side of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. Just like, oh, man, come on. So crazy. luckily for her, she ended up not you know, going with that guy. Because we saw him walk back later looking even more depressed. I was like, thank goodness for her. Because there's no telling. She might have ended up in a trunk somewhere, hacked up. Because that guy looked really, really creepy. Really, really creepy. He looked very discombobulated when he walked by, man. And I, I don't even think it was from alcohol. I think it's just his demeanor. So he had that. And then and the best story of the night was a story where Mike wasn't even there to tell me about it. <laughs> it, was, it was with Mike leaving for the night. And, you know, so I'm going back to my room. Mike's leaving. And he tells me the next day that, um, like, one of the girls got killed. Well, I'll let you tell the story, Mike. You tell yeah, the story. Yeah, it was funny. I'm walking out. We're hanging out till 3 in the morning just chatting. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to get out of here. <clears throat> I'm walking out of the casino. There's barely anyone left. And this one escort sees me, big smile on her face, of course, looks me dead in the eye. She's like, where are you going, honey? I go, not with you. <laughs> I just kept walking. She just blabbing something as I walk away. I go, you know, now I know how women feel when they're getting hit on all the time. You know? <laughs> like, just leave me alone. And uh, it was funny. that Even after I said that, it was there was still, like, something else going on. Like, come on, we'll stop for a second, this and that. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> You'll get- I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> right now, a bunch of guys are taking notes. Let's see. Mike said at the Rio, there's a lot there's of parking escorts. lot. Three o'clock in the morning. All right. Next time I go to Vegas, I never <laughs> <laughs> oh god! And guess what? We're probably laughing at you too. You'll be that other creepy dude we talk about. <laughs> so, but yeah, man. But I, like I said, it was a great trip, and it was really cool hanging out, and really cool being at the New Media Expo as well. Really learning a lot about just being a content provider as far as web TV. So I know we have some people out there with online businesses that listen to this show and they're looking at, you know, expanding their business and going more into the new media side of things and looking at how do I take my blog to the next level? Or they're thinking about web TV, which when we think about that, you think about like folks that have shows on YouTube where it actually looks like a show. What actually looks like when they're giving content or giving some type of coaching or some type of lesson or something like that. It's just not them just filming you know, while they're walking down the street and it looks like Gonzo style recording or anything like that. So they're really looking to take their web TV presence to the next level. And also there's a great place for podcasters as well. You know, here's something a few years ago that everybody thought pretty much it died off. And here's right. something last year where they're like, you know what? Podcasting is going to be huge. And now it's really going to be huge in 2014. I mean, you had the, um, the owner of, of podcast one which is also the guy that came over radio one which had i mean excuse me westwood one who's pretty much the the syndicated radio um company of a lot of the big shows out there that you hear on the morning shows on your terrestrial radio stations your regular radio stations for for at least the last 25 years well even here's this guy he's older and here he is he's even seeing the future in podcasting so now he's kind of focused more on the podcast and syndication way of doing things compared to terrestrial radio. I mean, Westwood one is still active, but their biggest focus now is going to be on podcasting and they've taken on shows like, um, Stone Coast, Steve Austin, they brought him on there because look at, look at the impact and the following that he's going to bring just from all the years he's had with wrestling and things like that. So he's also one of those enigmatic type personalities that you can't necessarily put on terrestrial radio because they just, they still, they're still bound by the FCC as far as regulations and things you can say and do on radio or television. But with podcasting, it's a free for all. So we can say things like shit. Okay. So now I just got an explicit, you know, warning for this show this week. <laughs> you know, but the thing is we can do that here. And the thing is, as long as I'm labeling this and putting it explicit, at least the parents that are listening to this show will know like, okay, I might want to listen to this podcast a little bit later when I don't have the kids in the car. You had um, also the owner of Stitcher, 
which, you know, we guys, we've been telling you guys about Stitcher and definitely hop over there to give us ratings and reviews. And if you're an Android phone owner, then most of you are probably listening to this show via Stitcher. That right there puts Stitcher in a very big market right there. So if you are someone that's going to have, whether it's a video podcast, audio podcast, or you're someone that's looking for content, looking for shows as far as audio and video, then, and you have an Android phone, Stitcher is one of the ways it goes. And pretty soon, by the end of this year, they're going to be in pretty much standard in most cars. So the thing is, now you'll be able to take your show, your favorite show, wherever you want to go, and you don't necessarily have to have your phone out and worrying about your battery going dead or anything like that. So if you're riding around in your car, you can listen to now, you can listen to our podcast right there in your car without having your phone on, without having to go and download or anything like that. What that says to me, first of all, satellite radio, oh man, get ready to suck it because you're in trouble now. It's a bad business model from the beginning with satellite radio because it ended up becoming just like regular radio. You start to hear the same songs over and over. I think right now we're in a very good place, especially starting off when we started. We got in at the right time, and it's just only going to get bigger and better. And I learned a lot of things that is going to really help grow this show. So many ideas that um, I got from that and just things that Mike and I just talked about while I was there beyond that. So 2014 is that year. So if you're just listening right now, you haven't subscribed, you should do that right now. Look at that button right now, whether you're on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to it from. Click that subscribe button because we've got a lot of big things coming. And we just started with this month with all the great guests that we have coming. I mean, we already came out of the blocks running, man, like Usain Bolt with Charles Poliquin. And it's cool because I like the pressure that we put on ourselves <clears throat> with that show. Because if you start that high up on the bar right there, you got to really push it to do even better than that. So I like the fact we put the pressure on ourselves. That's, that's excitement right there. It's like how are we going to match or better that first week of January with that, between that and our, our beginning of the year predictions, fitness predictions, those two shows back to back in the same week, man, that raises the bar on what we have to do now as far as content and quality and production. And I love it. I love it. I like where this is going to go and I like what it's going to do for us and I like what it's going to do for our listeners out there. And it's, it's funny because now we have people actually really sending us more testimonials via email, not so much with the, you know, just, just the reviews only. They'll send right. us a review and now they'll actually give us a synopsis via email so it's like yeah i couldn't really write everything i really wanted to write on the review but dude right. let me just tell you the impact that you you know your show is doing for me and i you know i pretty much took another look at my current career and i'm starting to make changes and shifts so it's not going to be a side gig uh for the thing that i really love to do i'm really moving toward doing that and making the main hustle of course you know they they took our advice you're still going to be responsible. You got a family or whatever. You just don't quit your job and start right. doing, you know, what you're passionate about. But they're making those steps because they realize, like, you know what? I got to go where my heart's going, man. And I got to follow that. Making big strides and impacts with the show. And what's hap- the reason why that's happening is because the people that are listening to the show, you're sharing it. You're letting it, your friends know about it. I'm starting to see a lot more shares on Facebook, you know, just for our fan page. And when we put the podcast up there or we'll announce, like, what the new episode is, you guys are sharing that on Twitter as well. Awesome, man. So I, I feel like we're doing things right. And the reason why we're doing things correctly is because of our listeners, because we oh, listen to you. You guys drive this show. This show is truly it's yours. It's yours. We share it all together. So thank you guys so much for that. I know we said that last week, but, you know, we can never say it enough. I mean, we're grateful. Uh, you know, I'm big on gratitude, man. I don't take this stuff lightly. And I don't take your emails lightly either. I, I pay attention. Mike's paying attention. We're reading that and sharing and talking about that and just seeing how we can do better. So it, yeah, like it's, it's was cool, all it's cool when people will talk about how inspired they are. And then I, th- I think what helps is the fact that, that th- this show is inspirational for us as well in the sense that we get guests that motivate us. Like that Poliquin episode is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. And, then it's, and then it's motivating on another level when we get all the great feedback from people telling us right. the effect it has on them. So on one hand, we're getting great guests, and that's motivating. And then we're seeing the impact it makes on our listeners, and that's also motivating. So it's, it's great. It's one of those things where – it's, it's never something that you don't look forward to. Whenever it's podcast day, which is usually Tuesday and Wednesday for us when we record, those are days where I always make sure that everything else I have going on revolves around the podcast time. Exactly. And that's what gets me excited for the whole week. Definitely. So it goes to show you, you guys are our priority. <laughs> so we, we shift and move other things around. We're constantly like, if we can't make it, and record on that day. Mike and I are like, okay, dude, how about this day? How about this day? You know, <laughs> even even thinking about taking our weekends, I'm like, okay, how about Sunday night? What about Sunday? What are you doing Sunday? Most people are not trying to work on the weekends, and we're two of those guys. 
<laughs> we're, you know, my weekends are pretty, it's all about family. I don't turn on my computer. I'm not even right. paying attention to my phone. But if we need to record a show for you guys, for this podcast, then I have to go and like, hey, <clears throat> look, I need, I need at least an hour, baby, if that's okay with you. Or, you know, I ask my kids, give me an hour. Let me record the show. Then we'll get back to it. And they understand that. So it's always good to have a good support system because they see, they see what we see in this show. So, therefore, they're not going to do anything to hinder that. They understand the impact that this show is happening with folks as well. And, again, you see two people who are very passionate about what they're doing. You don't want to shit on somebody's passion like that. <laughs> you want to support right. them. Because if they're happy about that, that means they're going to be happy in everything else, and they'll be less of an asshole to you. <laughs> so <laughs> keep that in mind. So if you're out there and you're working on something that you're passionate about or you're with someone that's being very passionate, they have a project or a new career they're trying to take off with, an entrepreneurial endeavor, and you're – the support system, be that support system. Don't crap on them, man, because, I mean, that's their baby. It's kind of like, it's kind of like you, have a, you have a child, and then someone's telling you that your child is baby. Or, you know, they look at the pictures, and they're like, oh, my God, that's an ugly-ass kid. Well, guess what? You're going to get pissed. You're going to get pissed, and you're going you're gonna to get offended, and you're going to be defensive, and you're going to want to probably punch that person in the throat. Well, guess what? A lot of these projects, these entrepreneurial projects, are someone's child. It's their baby because they're putting so much into it. So don't crap on them, man. Give them some support. But at the same time, if it's, don't let them be delusional either. If it's just something that's just, oh, if it's, it's doing more harm than good for them, if they're going broke and there's just really no plan, kind of pull them to say, oh, you know what, you may want to do this or seek help from here or get a coach to help you with this or something like that. So I think that's more beneficial. Like, dude, what the hell are you doing? And then well, kind of like Bill, Bill Cosby said one time, he had a great quote. He goes, it's great to have a dream, but at some point you have to wake up. Exactly. <laughs> you know, sometimes people are pursuing their dream, and they've been, they've been hitting it hard for three years, and the only thing they're accumulating is debt. Right. And then at some point you have to decide, okay, what's, what's wrong with this picture? Is it because am I, am, am I making, do I have the right action plan? Am I making the right moves? Do, right. Is what I'm doing viable? Am I doing the right strategies to make it viable? Right. Right. Just, just because you want to do something doesn't mean it's going to happen. You, know, you, have to, right. you, have to, you have to play the game, right? If you want to win the game, you have to have a strategy. So just, I mean, if I want to get in the car and go to a, the grocery store today, I have to have a strategy of what route am I going to take? You know, what, am I, what am I going to get when I get there? You know, things like that. And that's something simple. So I mean, yeah. it's funny to me that when people start a business or some kind of, or a workout program, like you know, right now we have all the New Year's resolutions, they don't have any plans. I'm just going to go to the gym and work out. It's like, well, what are you going to do there? You know, it's, it's, every once in a while, it's fun to have those freestyle workouts where you say, you know what, I'm just going to play around with stuff. I do that probably once a week. I'll just go right. to my home gym and just mess around with stuff, having a good time, no real plan. But most of the time, I have a very clear plan of exactly what I'm going to do, how much weight I'm planning on lifting, how many reps I'm going to do it, how long the workout should take. Right. And the whole thing is down to the, down to the wire. So I, I think when you, when you start a business, you, you don't want to just jump in and, and not really have a plan of what you're trying to do. It's like, sure, you're going to have to modify things quite a bit. There's going to be all kinds of things you didn't expect to happen, and you're going to have to make those corrections. But you need to have some idea, some blueprint at least, of what you're trying to achieve. Right. And the key word here, people, efficiency. Yeah. In, in all things, efficiency. So, yeah, so before we go, man, I think there's one more episode I think we both can agree on that was one of my favorites, man, was our interview with Nadine Fasani. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, that was episode number 24, folks. And basically it was about Nadine and her husband who pretty much had a very successful, I think, chiropractor practice mm -hmm. in uh, New York. I mean, they're making mucho money, but they were freaking miserable. Which goes to show, it's not always about the money, man. It's about that. It's about that freedom and that lifestyle. I mean, it was even though they were making lots of money, Rob's her husband, Rob's health was going to crap. They were stressed out all the time. They were pretty much, you know, I think Nadine was smoking and Rob was overweight. All these things were factoring. They right. were just internalizing all that stress. And then just one day, it's like, you know, screw this. Let's go to Costa Rica. And they just pretty much, pretty much dropped everything and just left. And just started a whole new chapter in their lives. And just, again, what, they weren't looking for perfection. They realized, like, along the way, now trust me, it wasn't paradise like a lot of people think. Um, it, they pretty much went through some bumps and bruises on the way to get into where they are now. But the fact is, they didn't let that stop them because any hiccups they may have had adjusting to the life in Costa Rica, it's right off the bat with pretty much starting from nowhere, was far better than the life they were experiencing that they were familiar with at home in New York and what they were dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. So, again, 
learned a lot during that episode because, you know, Mike and I had talked about this on several occasions, even before doing the podcast, just thinking about Costa Rica and, and just like saying, screw it. And, you know, you know, what would life be like to go and just move there and all this different, all this different stuff. But the thing is now, after reading Nadine's book, Happier Than a Billionaire, it just really gave me another perspective about just dropping everything and going over there. Again, it wasn't all hunky-dory or anything like that. But what it did do was really spark the conversation more in depth between my wife and myself, like thinking about our future, like, okay, man, I'd be Costa Rica. We're going to go visit first, see how we feel about it. Actually, right. probably visit a few times before we <laughs> think about it. You know, and then it made me really think about, it, like, do I want – do I want to renounce my citizenship and move, you know, become a citizen of another country? You know, at first it sounds awesome and so adventurous in the beginning, but then no matter how many crappy things may be happening in the U.S., compared to a lot of countries, I think I'd just rather deal with those things. And I don't, it's a lot harder to become a U.S. citizen again than it is to already be one and be a citizen <laughs> somewhere else. Right. So that's the crappy thing about it. I, and I think about them like, you renounce your citizenship, but let's just say things get really bad wherever you are and you want to come back home. Well, it's not home anymore. And trust me, now you're treated like, you know, an illegal alien or an immigrant. You've got to go through this long process. But you, in your mind, <clears throat> you're thinking like, well, I was born here. How dare you treat me this way? Well, you left here and you didn't want to be here anymore. So this is why we're treating you this way. So shut up. <laughs> so go through the process <laughs> like everyone else. Get to the back of the line like the rest of these people, you know, and wait your turn. So I, I thought about all that, too. So like I said, but the thing is, it gets you thinking. Shows like that, an interview like that really got me thinking. Like, just how bad is it? Or how much freedom, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice for another aspect of freedom? Because I'm pretty free now with my life. But mm -hmm. what, what else am I willing to give up to take freedom to another level? And is, I mean, what, what makes it so free in the first place? You know, how can you, how can you still have that type of freedom that you're trying to attain through just dropping everything and going there and still maintain some type of foundation where you can always come back home without any issues. So again, it really got me thinking and it made us reassess what we want to do within the next few years. And, and I owe a lot of that to that show we did with Nadine, man. So she dropped so many nuggets and loved her perspective from things. Of course, this is just one couple's view. And, but it also opened my eyes to check out a couple of other books couple other podcasts out there there's a there's a podcast for expats out there and it's really really good it really goes through the ins and outs and it actually is just not about one particular country like costa rica you know they talk about honduras they talk about ecuador they talk about all these different places because they have all these different people chiming in on the show and giving their experiences so it's just good because like i said she opened those doors to like okay more resources now so therefore I can make a decision my wife and i can make a decision which is what we try to do with this show we try to give you guys a lot of nuggets and resources so therefore you can make an informed decision of what your next plan of attack is going to be whether it's your diet your training program your business um, your relationships hell you're just your own personal development so it just falls right in line with what we're doing here now, Nadine, the name Dean episode was cool I like her book quite a bit she was a very engaging guest very charismatic very interesting and I, I think her book Nadine Pisani's book happier than a billionaire will give someone a very honest perspective of the pros and cons of moving to another country, in, in this case, Costa Rica. Yeah. You know, me and myself, having traveled all over the world, I, uh, I've seen a lot of beautiful countries that are incredible. I still feel that there's nowhere like home. You know, I was born in America. I grew up in America for the most part. I can't really see myself living anywhere but America, but not to say that I'm not open-minded. But uh, there's never really been a country that I've been to where I'm like, wow, I could really move here. You know, this, right. could, this could be it. I think I could see myself being overseas for a few months out of each year, things like that. Yeah. But for in terms of like picking up and moving somewhere, I don't know. There's a lot of hassles. You know, a lot yeah, of people don't realize that. There's a, there's a lot of hassles with other countries where the infrastructure. You know, America is one of the easiest countries to get around. That's what yeah. people say who come to visit America from all over the world. They go, man, it Even, is so easy to travel around this country. If you want to do a road trip from coast to coast, the infrastructure is in place that makes that very seamless. Unless, well, in a lot of unless, you're, unless you're on Interstate 10, unless you're on Interstate 10, which <laughs> yeah. is the crappiest highway from California all the way out to Atlanta. So stay yeah. off I-10. <laughs> it sucks in Houston. It sucks in Atlanta. And it sucks in L.A. Stay off of Interstate 20. I mean, excuse me, Interstate 10. Well, Interstate 20 is another one. Stay off those two highways. And if you're in Chicago, stay off the Dan Ryan. Because yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't do road trips myself. <laughs> I, I, won't even, I won't even drive from Vegas to L.A. I, I fly out there whenever I need to go there for stuff. Right. I, I just don't want to deal with it. I don't, I'm, I'm just not a guy that likes doing long drives which to me is anything over than two hours. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, just don't like dealing with it. And 
All right, so, all right, Mike's back on. I just saw his line dropped off. Good old Skype. Anything that's Microsoft-based, this is what you get. So, <laughs> so and now he's back on, um, just kind of dealing with that. So the fact that Skype is, keep, is dropping Mike off and he had to come back on with his cell. So I don't want you guys complaining about the, the sound quality. So we're going to go ahead and wrap the show up right there. So as soon as you hear Mike, you're going to be like, wait, what I thought you got new sound equipment. Why does he sound like he's calling from the International Space Station? <laughs> so remember, guys, you can go to Mike's site or mine. And on Mike's site, if you go and type in the coupon code LLA, you'll get 10% off of all his nutrition supplements from there. And also, if you hop over to my site, newwarriortraining.com, and type in the coupon code LLA, you can get 30% off of my bodyweight training DVD, the digital download version, and the physical version of the DVD as well. Also, Mike's got a series of workshops coming up in Australia. So live from the International Space Station, I'll let Mike tell you about those workshops. Take it away, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you may be able to hear this. You may not. But I have several <laughs> several courses coming up in May in Australia, in Brisbane, and Sydney. Go to my website, MikeMahler.com, for all the information you need on what will be covered, what the registration fee is, where it will be, everything, what you need to bring, everything you need to know, MikeMahler.com. Sounds like you're already in Australia now, calling us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. People don't realize I'm already there. <laughs> What's taking you so long? Get here. So keep your ratings and reviews coming in and hop over to iTunes or Stitcher. Subscribe to the show. Then rate and review the show. Then download the show. Then share the show on your favorite social media website. And get the word out there. Let's get more people involved and get them into the show that you guys are already into and that you already love. All right? We'll see each and every one of you next week. Lots of great guests coming down the pipe. Next up, we have Steve Cotter. So you don't want to miss that show. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.